ladies and gentlemen, yes, this is your favorite show, Sports Unfolded, with your favorite host, Eric and Ron. That had a little jump to it, I think, maybe because it's an exciting show for us. Season three, episode two, but even more so, Ron. Episode 100. We are there. We've made it. 100 episodes of Sports Unfolded tonight. So excited. Ready, ready for syndication, Eric? Yes. So uh, any of those networks that want to sign us on for the for syndication, you know, just, we, just let we us will know. We'll gladly take it, yes. So season three, episode two, Centurions. So excited about tonight. So much to cover in the sports world. Hopefully we'll be joined by our special guest uh, trying to get uh, those connection issues resolved. So we will work on that as well. But we're going to start off with our leadoff story, Ron. And that's uh, some coaching firings that have happened in the NFL. We always call it the Black Monday. I guess they don't like that term anymore, but we'll still call it that because we're a little edgy. So five coaches have been fired so far this season, uh, some more recently than others. Obviously, Cliff Kingsbury, the Arizona Cardinals, have terminated his contract after four years, 28-37-1. Never won a playoff game, only went once. He was 0-1, 4-13 this season. So your thoughts, first of all, I would say on Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury and the firing in Arizona. Well, I mean, for four years, he really didn't do much of anything. Um, I know this season there was a lot of injuries and a lot of problems. But even when you looked on those sidelines, there was definitely uh, no cohesiveness between him and the players, especially um, uh, Kyla Murray. And uh, that was, that was, you know, that spelled doom for him. I mean, there was no way he was going to survive this. There was no yeah, way. I, I, I just think poor organizations, though, we think about it. They extended his contract, extended Kyla Murray's contract. A lot of wasted money. It, it, it doesn't make sense that, again, Kyla Murray injures himself midway through the season. So what was expected of the team at that point as well? Yep. A lot of bad decisions. Now they're talking about trading D-Hop, uh, DeAndre Hopkins uh, in the offseason. So a lot of transition in Arizona. Kind of curious yeah. as to where they're going to go. Yeah, you know, and, and it's it's like, you know, after the mid, midway point when Murray did get hurt, I mean, they were already playing poor anyway. Yeah, yeah. So this, this wasn't – it wasn't because of the injury that they don't make the playoffs. It was because they stunk. That's why they didn't make the playoffs. And it's too bad because they had, they had a lot of talent on this team. So it makes you wonder really where is the problem. Um, I don't know. First of all, I'm not sold on Kyler Murray. I would never have paid him that much money and especially a guaranteed contract. I don't think he was worth it. He didn't do anything to warrant that. Um, and yeah, frankly, I think this team has to start all over. Yeah. I think it's a complete rebuild at this point. Uh, what about Lovey Smith? Houston Texans one year went three thirteen and one. This, this is the organization. This- yeah, this one made me happier more than any other 
that he stuck it to that organization in the last game. Because oh, yeah. <laughs> they, if they had lost that game, they get the number one pick in the NFL draft. Yep. And he was like, we're going to play. We're playing a win. They go for two. They get the win. And the organization fires him the next day. Okay. Well, good. yeah, because they were going to fire him anyway. Because yeah, that wasn't it. who they wanted. They, You know, when all of the stuff came out, you know, with Miami and all of those issues, they really had no choice but to hire, you know, a black coach. And that's not who they really wanted. And, you know, now they have egg on their face because, you know, Lovey Smith actually kind of probably knew that was going to happen. And, and he stuck it to him. Like you said, he stuck it to him and I'm glad he did. Um, I think the Houston organization just stinks from top to bottom. I don't like the way they do business. I don't like the way they handle anything in their organization, the players, anything. Yeah, no, I agree. I think, look, there's not going to be many coaches that are looking to take that job. I know a lot of guys want a job and, and, you know, would love to have an NFL job, but you can't go into that organization, feel comfortable knowing that they are just a mess from top to bottom. Oh, it's there isn't much that you can do to even, you know, hope that they, they are anytime soon. What about Nathaniel Hackett? So obviously that was a while ago with the Denver Broncos. He went four and 11. He had his one year. Um, you know, uh, he just was terrible. That might be the worst coaching job I've ever seen in the history of the NFL. Yeah, no, I right, look, it's it's pretty ugly to think about that he could ruin an organization that fast. Yeah, so, no, it was it was pretty bad. Um, it, you know, you know it, it's. Uh, Go ahead. No, it, no, it, it's like, you know, when when you bring on, first of all, when you have one of the best defenses in the league, and when you realize, oh, my God, we're just a quarterback away. Let's make the move. Let's go get us a quarterback, and we'll be in the playoffs, and everything will be all happy. We'll win some playoff games and possibly even con- contend for the Super Bowl. Well, that was far from really what happened, and – you know, I just think that was just a stupid move by Denver to hire him when if you knew you were one quarterback away from potentially winning a Super Bowl, at least contending for it, and rightfully so, coach. the thinking was right. Yeah, keep but, the same coach from last year. Yeah, season. exactly. Why make I, the change and, and rebuild this everything? Is, this is between Denver and Las Vegas – Puzzling, puzzling. Frank Wright, Indianapolis Colts, five years with the team, longest tenured out of these these guys, 40, 33, and one, three, five, and one uh, before he got uh, the axe this season. If there's a coach that probably was excited about having to go, I, I'd say it's Frank Wright because this team's a mess. Yeah. And Again, you think about the ownership and what they've been doing consistently for so many years now. I, I just feel like we're in a situation where Frank Wright was better off uh, leaving. He was; they were better with Frank Wright than what what they did afterwards getting Jeff Saturday. Oh, and how absolutely. That made any sense? Yeah, 
look, Indianapolis really hasn't done a very good job of, on on their organization as well. And we keep circling back to this same statement year after year after year. It's the same teams over and over again. And we're seeing it yep. right before look, our eyes. I, I think if you don't stick with a coach for three to four years and at least see if he can build that team up and, and make yeah. it work, then obviously – Again, you're going to just continue to do this. You're going to every two to three years, you're just, you know, circling. It's a circle of life. You're just yeah. starting all over again. And, and how that makes any sense from an NFL organization when you're trying to win, it, it, it puzzles me. And I, I, and I feel bad for the fans. And I, I, and I wonder why they stay fans of these teams so many years. Look, like we're upset that the Patriots haven't done anything in a couple of years. <laughs> right? It's 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 heartbreaking. Right? It's been yes. Two three years. years. Oh, three, three years. years yeah. Well, three years they really haven't done much. Yeah, well, we expected that first year. You yeah. know, we I, I voided that that season out. So <laughs> you know, and like I'm already calling for his head, you know. Yeah. It's no, like I, I mean I this is this is this is what you know we we expect perfection here in the New England area. Yeah. And we hold all of our teams to a high standard. Now, when those teams, you know, start to stray from that standard, a.k.a. the Red Sox, you know, there, there's, you know, hail to pay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah especially in New England. We, we know how New England can be. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it, it baffles me. So what about this next coach, Matt Rule? Uh, was 11 and 27 in the three years, uh, went one and four before he got the ax. You think about how quickly he basically destroyed a team in three years. He was able to, to basically dismantle this team and completely have them have to rehaul it now. Yeah. And uh, again, here's another team that has some potential, some talent. It'd be interesting to see what kind of coach they get. I it's I kind of baffled by some of the coaching names that they've mentioned already. One being, uh, you know, Gerard Mayo from New England. Again, you need a coach with some experience, I think, at this point. Get a guy. You just did this with Matt Rule. He had no NFL experience as a head coach. Yeah. Gerard Mayo, no experience as a head coach. Right. What after, do you look after you have a complete debacle? You need to put some stability in there. And the only way you're going to have stability, it is somebody that's been there for a while. And again, Steve Wilkes, who's, who took over for Matt Rule, honestly almost got them to the playoffs. I yeah. know as bad as the division was, but they played hard for him. You saw some improvement. Why not ride this guy out for another year or two and see what he does? Yeah. You know, there's a, there's a lot of qualified coaches out there. There's a lot of them. You know, a lot of guys that have been around, you know, a long time, like Jim Caldwell is his name yeah. has been popping up. And and I think I think that's a good decision. You know, he might not be able to get you to that promised land, but he's gonna get you into the picture. Yeah, no, I and he's I gonna stabilize things. I agree. I agree one hundred percent on that one. So let's quickly talk about Sean Payton. So Sean Payton has been rumored uh obviously to be you know, a, a candidate or a front runner for all these different uh, jobs. He is interviewing this Tuesday with Denver. Yeah. So I guess my first couple of questions, can he fix Russell Wilson? 
And then how much is Denver really going to have to give up? Because you got to remember, he's still under contract with the New Orleans Saints. So there's going to be compensation if you try to sign him. Yeah, and you're gonna they don't have a lot of first. And they don't have first round picks because they gave right. him away for Russell Wilson. And I don't think they can do it. I think it's going to cost you at least a first round pick. Yeah. So, I mean, they may not have first round picks for the next five to six years if they, because they're going to have to give up yeah. first round draft picks. You know what yep. I mean? Three, four years down the road. Yep. Can he, can he, is he, would you say best candidate available right now? Yes. Yes. But here would be my question. Let's look at Bill Belichick real, real quick. Bill Belichick, we consider one of the greatest coaches of all time, but he had Tom Brady. Those coaches that have been very successful had that star quarterback. Yeah. Is Russell Wilson good enough to make Sean Payton that guy again, like he was with Drew Brees, who was considered one of the best of all time? I don't know. And, and I'm that's, not sure. It, right? So that's a question that, when you sit back, he might be the best candidate. But again, we're all going off the fact that he had Drew Brees in New Orleans. Right. He had Drew Brees. Bill Belichick had Tom Brady. Let's and he see. only won once. Yeah, one one Super Bowl. And and now you look at it. I mean, Bill Belichick. What in the last three years is a five hundred coach? How good is Sean Payton without Drew Brees? Is Russell Wilson comparable? I don't think so. So it's going to be interesting. <laughs> The more the more we talk about quarterbacks and coaches and their links, the more I feel it is the quarterback that wins. Yeah, the quarterback is, is the key. You need because a great when you quarterback. Look through, look through history. How many average quarterbacks really have won Super Bowls? I mean, you I mean, think of Dilfer and stuff like that. You know, I mean, there's there's players out there. Joe Flacco. But, yeah, I mean, but. It's it's more along the quarterback because, like, you know, I mean, we look at all those greats that, that have won, and it, to me, it, it's the quarterback. It's all about the quarterback and who gets lucky enough to get that guy. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Ron, um, I think we're going to try to bring – I think Michael was able to join us, but there's no video, so we're going to try to bring him on. I think he's got video. Oh, does he have video now? Yes. All right. Excellent. Yes. Let's bring so, him on. Let's bring him so, in. Michael, welcome to Sports Unfolded. How are you? How you doing, gentlemen? Honored to be on this, your show. We're doing very well. Welcome. So I'm not going to try to hack your last name. If you could just pronounce your last name for us so we kind of have a better understanding. Uh, sure. Consacio. Consacio. Okay. Consacio. I was close. I, I was I was almost gonna say Consacio. So Michael, um, we know you have your own podcast, you do do a few things, but we wanted to really talk about the basketball aspect. Yeah, I mean, your love of basketball, you've done a lot. Can you tell the fans out there just a little bit about what you've done in the basketball world and some of your experiences? Well, I'd be honored to. Uh you know, I've been uh blessed to have all the friends and the contacts that I have had uh throughout the course of the years. Uh, but going back to when I was about 12 years old, I fell in love with uh, a guy by the name of Wilt Chamberlain. And I ended up going to the uh, New Bedford Public Library and looking up microfilm back then in the day. And that's what got <laughs> me started in loving the game of basketball. And we, I compared Bill Russell with uh, 
Wilt Chamberlain and, you know, all the games that they play against each other. And that was my stop. And then, you know, here in New Bedford, Mass., which I know is not too far from y'all, um, I was able to see for the very first time an NBA ball player. And his name was JoJo White from the Boston Celtics. He came to Buntwood Park. And unfortunately, he had a shot where he would turn his wrist. And that's how I developed my, I guess, awkward jump shot, <laughs> which went in, but it 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 was kind of strange and it had a, a different spin on it. Uh, from there, I had a pretty good um, high school career at Bishop Stang High School, which is not too far from you guys. I then I went on to play at Framingham State College. Uh, played four years. I was captain. Um, happened to play with the individual who led the nation in scoring. His name was Mark Van Valkenburg, and he was one of the very few players out of Division Three to uh, uh, get drafted by the NBA, and it happened to be the Boston Celtics. Oh wow! Um, I then went on into the career of officiating. And I've been refereeing for over 40 years. But in that process, again, as I stated about my friends, uh, Eric Brittle, former NBA referee, turned me on to a lot of things that I was unaware of or never had opportunity to go to, like the Rucker, like the Dykeman Park in New York City. Another one of my best friends in the world was David Lato, or is David Lato. Uh, We've been friends since I was, we were 12 years old. He went to uh, Northeastern, and I went to uh, Stang. Played with uh, Jim Calhoun, was named captain of Northeastern, and also ended up becoming the assistant coach of Northeastern, where he recruited Reggie Lewis and so many others. And then when Calhoun went to UConn, they followed him, and the list goes on and on of the players that he recruited. And again, kind of turned me on to a whole different world. I mean, I ended up going to Ray Allen's house. I got to meet so many great players. It's phenomenal. You know what I mean? And going back a little further, uh, when I was about 15 or 16 years old, the great Nate Archibald came to uh, the projects here in New Bedford, the United Front Homes. And through the Boston Celtics uh, affiliation, he came and did a uh, basketball clinic. He got the opportunity to play against Nate Archibald. Oh, wow. And scored oh, against wow. him. And scored. All right. That's important. <laughs> okay. Only one basketball. Hey, and then one's in better than zero. And here, where I think, you know, um, I've been on a few shows and a lot of people become interested in this part. In 1976, I was a high school sophomore at New Bedford High School. And I heard there was this guy coming to New Bedford High School. And his name was um, Dr. J. So we go there, place is packed, 5,000 people or more. And Dr. J comes out, I'll never forget, gray sweats, Converse sneakers, great top. And anyway, this is what he did. He came out. I'll never forget this, man. I'll never forget as long as I live. He came out. He asked everybody to clap their hands at first. 
and then he went and did fundamentals. Now here's where people are. He did stressed fundamentals, and the things that he did. You know, the crowd was like, ah, we want to see dunks. We want to see this. We want. And he said, look, I may make it look easy, but it took a long time and a lot of effort and a lot of hard work to make it look easy, but it was not easy. And, you know, the people were like, let me tell you something about Dr. J. He worked hard at his craft. So what he did was, fellas, he went like this. Check this out. Give me the best leaper in the building guy by the name of gus hodge about six six jumped out the gym you're gonna love this story so he shakes his hand doctor has his hands were so huge and he goes how you doing gus gus do me a favor touch the net gus goes up touches the net no problem he said gus touch the backboard Gus does it, no problem. He says, Gus, touch the rim. Gus does it, no problem. Then Dr. J goes like this. Gus, touch the nets without bending your knees. Think about this. Without bending your knees. Gus, touch the backboard without bending your knees. Then he went, Gus, touch the rim without bending your knees. And then doctor proceeded to grab two balls and he went up, bang, bang, no problem. And then what he did was he said, okay, give me the five or six best players here in the building. And my friends were like nudging me. Mike, you got to go out there, Mike. You got to go out there. I'm nervous. I'm nervous. You got to go out there. You got to go out there. So I proceeded to go out there with seven of my peers, we were at half court. Uh, Dr. J shook all our hands, and uh, the game was to two. And um, <laughs> I'm keeping it real. Yeah. Game was game was to two. So the first guy, who happened to be David Lado, he hit two jump shots. He's gone. The next guy comes up. He shoots. He's gone. Now it's my turn. I go up. I'm playing him as best I can defensively. And he takes a jump shot. It hits the rim. I grab the rebound. I proceeded to go to the left corner. I then did one of my, what I at that time worked, but not this night. My spin move between the legs behind and did a left hand hook. Didn't go in. Doctor, because we had to clear the uh, ball to the foul line extended. He went and got the ball. Foul line extended, took a jump shot. Check this out. Hit the back of the rim. It comes up. I'm directly underneath the basket. And the ball, I see the ball coming in my hands. All I see is a big hand <laughs> snatching it and does a 360 dunk. And the place goes crazy, crazy. And then he went on to, uh, to play the other five guys. And then he went and asked for everybody to come down to the court in a semicircle. And he proceeded to do the most incredible dunks I have ever seen in my life. The only dunk he did not do 
was the one from half court because there was too many people lined up. He couldn't do it. But he did every imaginable dunk that you could imagine. And, um, you know, I am so honored to say I at least got the opportunity to play against two Hall of Fame players, Nate Archibald and Dr. J. And um, what transpired after that is because of my association with Dave Lado and Eric Brittle, I got to meet so many uh, players. Uh, again, Jojo White, I met him later on. I ended up meeting Nate Archibald 40 years later, and he still remembered coming to New Bedford High School. He don't remember me, but he remembers coming to New Bedford High School. And, uh, you know, I've been blessed to have the friends that I have and the opportunities that I have been given. And uh, what I do now is uh, when the p pandemic started, I you know, was bored, retired from the Department of Corrections after 30 years. And of course, you know, I'm a referee. Uh, been doing that for over 40 years. And I have been blessed to be doing some broadcasting and having the best local basketball shootouts around. By none. We've had NBA ball players. We've had collegiate ball players. We've had the best of the best. I've been able to broadcast their games. Uh, you may have stopped me. So, I mean, I, I don't really like talking about myself, but I just want to let the viewers know that things can happen. Sometimes if you're a good person, things can happen. And um, when the pandemic arose, I was bored to death, and I started looking up on uh, different shows and podcasts. And uh, I came across one of the podcasts, which was named, um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with it, All Ball Chicago, a guy by the name of Robert Bobby Reed. And on his show, he had Mark Aguirre and so many other, Isaiah Thomas, so many other Chicago players. And, it, and he, he had me on the show. Of course, I was nervous. And uh, that was one of the very first shows I did. And uh, from that, I liked it. I enjoyed it. I mean, I don't have much journalism experience or, or broadcasting experience. Don't claim to. But one thing I will say, the uh, event that I had with Dr. J, I wrote about it. Y'all can look it up. Just look up a day with Dr. J with Mike Consatio. You will see exactly what transpired during that day. And um, right now, um, again, I've done a few shows, and I lucked out with uh, a network, uh, Sports Empire Network, where they let me, allow me to do what I do best, which is I want to recognize others, and I've been blessed. Last night, I had the great Reggie Williams from Georgetown, and we talked about Pat Ewing and things of that nature. And I'm going to tell you one thing I do want to emphasize, if I might. I know I talk a lot. No, that's okay. <laughs> I want hey, to emphasize this. You're saving my breath. So I appreciate it. <laughs> I want to emphasize this to you guys. I claim to be a basketball historian. I claim to be, a, in, in a way, I am. I mean, I've been following the game for over 50 years. I know what I know. Yeah. I have no problem talking with anybody about the game of basketball because I know. But I got put in my place and wait to hear this one, you guys. <clears throat> I had gone to this place called Kilbourne Center here in New Bedford. And uh, I was here with my good friend, Chops Turner, who's from Rhode Island. You guys may know who he is. And we walked into this Kilbourne Center trying to establish Chops doing a musical event. 
And it was a guy from Yukon came in about six five. And <clears throat> we met the guy named John Ippolito. And uh we sat down, we talked. This is what happened. And I kid you not, please believe me. He gets on the phone. He said, Oh, you know basketball? I said, ah, a little bit. I know a little bit. Gets on the phone, gets on. What's going on, number 24? How you doing, my friend? And I'm like, who is he talking to? I have no idea. Would you mind saying hello to my friend Michael Casasio and Chops Turner? The individual says, hello, hello. Still don't know who it is. Hmm. Hangs up with him. Yo, 24, I'm going to keep in touch with you. I'll be talking to you real soon. After the phone conversation, check this out, yo. After the phone conversation, 10 minutes later, he says, do you know who that was? Nope. The great Sam Jones of the Boston Celtics. So <clears throat> he said, you want him on your show? What? Gave me the phone number, contacted Sam. It was really hit through his son because Sam was 88 at the time. And it was through his son, but we hooked it up. And then they said, Mike, he'll come on the show, but you're only going to have about 15 minutes. I said, damn, give me 15 seconds. Anyway, <clears throat> we proceeded to talk about the great Celtics tradition. We talked about his high school career. We talked about his <clears throat> collegiate career. We talked about all the endeavors and all the trials and tribulations they had to go through as being a Boston Celtic in the 60s in Boston. Yep. We talked about Bill Russell, who would win a championship and come home and find his house defecated on. We found out that the African-American players could eat could drink on one bubbler and the the white players could eat, drink on a different bubbler. They couldn't eat at the same restaurant. Imagine that. So anyway, me being the historian I think I am, Sam put me in my place. I am no longer a historian. I love the game, but all the things that him and the Celtics had to go through, I, I'm, I was in tears. Anyway, I said, uh, Interview would go 15 minutes. It went an hour and 45 minutes. Oh, wow. And I remember the date because it was June 10th. My birthday is on June 11th. Oh, and that's my birthday. Huh? That's my birthday. Well, hey, then you know we good. There we the go. Day, the very next day, I get a phone call. Sam Jones. Wishing me a happy birthday. Wow. And uh, I... He died three months later. Wow! So, wow! Incredible story. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm still um, upset about that, but um, you know the show I do right now. Again, they let me do what I do. I am a big Big East fanatic, and my mission is to bring about the Big East the way the Big East used to be. Providence be College. Nice. Troy yeah, Brown. be nice to bring it back. Yes, absolutely. On and on. I had Tony Bruin on my show. I had Betty Williams on my show last night. I had Mike Jarvis. I had all kind of people. Well, I've had quite a few on my show, and I want to bring out the best 
of the Big East the way it used to be. And that's my mission. And the network I'm on right now, they allow me to do it. And uh, it's fun. I love the game. And uh, I think I maybe I better shut my mouth unless you all have some questions. <laughs> yeah, we just got a few. And I, I, I guess one of the things. Uh, so I, I, you do a lot with coaching, refereeing, uh, well, refereeing and, and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. But I wanted to ask you, uh, I had a debate at work today and we were debating about when we thought basketball actually started to take off the NBA. And we were talking about the magic bird era in the eighties. And then obviously Jordan took it over the top. Would you agree with that statement? Or do you think it was more about like back in the seventies in, in what we saw with those players? That's a very good question. I like that question. And I got the answer for you because if you recall when um, magic Johnson was with the Lakers when he was his rookie year and they beat Philadelphia 76ers. I don't know if you guys remember that game was not televised live. That was on tape delay. Yep. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. did I think the NBA rocked after that? No, I think due to the expansion of, you know, I'm going to keep it real with you guys. I'm going to ask you guys a question. Sure. Now, when I was growing up, there were only three channels, ABC, NBC, yep. and CBS. Yeah. Yep. You did not have all these ESPN and 55,000 channels on watching every college game. So yep. the stars were bigger than life because you never got to see them. Now, I remember seeing Dr. J on the cover of Sports Illustrated when he was in the ABA. Never got to see him. So when I got to see him live, it made a yeah. big difference. So what I'm trying to tell you guys is that to answer your question, I think in the 70s, which I followed very closely because Will Chamber was my first idol, and then, of course, Dave Bing, and I can go on. You guys can mention the name. I don't know who it was. I'll tell you <laughs> the number. I'll tell you what college they went to. But that's me. But anyway, um, to answer your question, I think the rise of the NBA, of course, was started because of the rivalry between Bird and Magic. When then, you know, Magic was at Michigan State and uh, Larry Bird was at Indiana State. I think that created some things. But then I'm going to tell you guys something. Do you all remember when Lou Alcindor went against Elvin Hayes in, I forgot what the place they played in, but that had, was like one of the most viewed NCAA finals of all time. And it was watched by so many, I think it was in the Houston State. To me, that's what got me started because you had Lou else again, these guys were bigger than life because you never got to see them that much. And to be able to see these guys Contribute and and if you remember, a lot of rules were put in place because these guys were so dominant. If you remember, you couldn't dunk yeah. after Lou Alcindor did what he did. You couldn't dunk. And my one of my favorite players of all time, I don't know if you guys remember, uh, was David Thompson, and uh, he played in an era where you could not dunk. He had a 50-inch vertical leap, and unfortunately, you guys, he kind of destroyed Providence College. But anyway, what I, want to what I want to tell you guys, hey, please let me tell you one thing. Do you know that Marvin Bonds, I think you know who he is, yeah. was one of 
the I know I may get heat for this was one of the most kindest considerate people I ever met <clears throat> he was in Detroit at this time and he came to New Bedford and had the opportunity to meet him because uh, uh, his girlfriend was a girl, uh, sister of a friend of mine and I got him to meet him at a, a drinking establishment I'll be honest <laughs> anyway we sat down we talked for about two three hours and my man never once mentioned about any of his accomplishments he just talked about the world in general so i mean you know marvin bonds was like one of the best people i ever met in my life um i know i'm kind of going off track here but no, i just want to bring out this yeah. is out of rhode island i want to bring out no i appreciate that, uh, that. Marvin bonds was my man you guys have any other questions i have i have two more questions i don't know if okay. ron has any but i definitely have two more and uh first one would be there's a lot of talk about the goat greatest of all time so a big debate michael jordan lebron james but you've had a lot of knowledge seen a lot of different players would you agree with the michael jordan statement lebron statement or do you think there should be a, a different person in that conversation well you know something i have my uh, opinion but uh matter of fact within the uh recent week <clears throat> Michael Jordan himself said, you can't compare who the best of all to who the GOAT is. He said, <coughs> you got to go through different eras. Yeah. And I think because he never got to play against a Bill Russell or a Will Chamberlain and vice versa. So to answer you about this GOAT thing, you know, I personally don't like the fact about who is the GOAT. Because let me tell you, all, all my over 50 years of watching the game and studying the game. Each era had their own set of players. And then you can remember the rules. You got to remember um, the, I guess, um, the the changes that have been made yeah. as far as nutrition, as yeah. far as working out, all these things. Back then, the players didn't have that. So me being the historian that I am, I'm sorry. I have to go back and think about that and um i think you should compare different eras how can you deny what will chamberlain did how can you deny what lou alcinda did yeah how can you deny what oscar robinson did how can you deny all these players who set the standard whose play and and i'm gonna tell you something right now I'm gonna give you guys an honest answer. I'm gonna go off the I'm gonna go off the track for one minute. <laughs> Do you know who I think was the goat? And you guys are gonna be like, what is he talking about? <laughs> I'm gonna tell you the goat right now. Oscar Robinson. And I'm gonna tell you why. Listen to me, and I'm gonna tell you why. All right. If it wasn't for Oscar Robinson, there would be no free agency. If it wasn't for Oscar Robinson, there'd be no pension. If it wasn't for Oscar Robinson, the NBA would not be the way it is today. So if you really want to know the truth, that's my goat. Because if you notice, if you guys check back about a month ago, they finally established for the ABA, a pension yeah. plan for, yeah, for the ABA, ABA players yep. who have lost their homes, yep. who have no money, who are hurting financially. And to me, 
what the Players Association did now to help these players who paved the way for all these Michael Jordans and Magic and Isaiah, all them. If it wasn't for these guys who paved the way, who had to work two, three jobs, you know what I mean? And now these guys are reaping the benefits of making so much money. So to answer your question, of course, Michael Jordan belongs. I mean, one yeah. of, the, of course, easy. But they would not be where they are if it wasn't no. for Oscar Robinson, no, Connie no. Hawkins. Yeah, you guys look them up and look what they had to go through. Yeah, but anyway, I, I I'm going for hours and hours. So no, <laughs> so I just want to thank uh, Michael uh, Semio. He joined and Kenny for joining tonight. Thank you guys. Oh, Michael, um, oh, that's my friend. Oh, excellent. So I, the last question I have, we do a segment called triple play. And basically what triple play is, you decide who you start, bench, and cut. In tonight's episode, uh, once we're done with this interview, uh, we're going to go in and we're going to debate this. So it's a basketball NBA question. And it's about some of the best power forwards of all time, more in our era. But uh, we wanted I wanted to kind of know who you would start, bench, and cut from these three individuals. So we got Tim Duncan, Carl Malone, and Kevin Garnett. So you'd have to start one, you'd have to bench one, and you'd have to cut one. Carl Malone, Kevin Garnett, and who? Uh, Carl Malone, Kevin Garnett, and Tim Duncan. Yeah. We don't make these easy for ourselves. Man, why you all do this to me, man? Wow. <laughs> Putting you on the spot. Wow, oh, man. Wow. This is what wow. he does to me all the time. Hey. <laughs> oh, Wow. Uh, oh, wow. Um, <laughs> I guess I'm going to go. I keep Tim Duncan. Uh, the fact that he was considered the uh, best power forward. And, uh, you know, he was known for his uh, mechanics and stuff like that and won all the championships. So if we're going to take that into consideration. I got to give Tim Duncan. <laughs> Uh, Kevin Garnett only won one. Yeah. And unfortunately, he came out of Chicago. You guys don't even probably know that. He came okay. out of Chicago yeah. and uh, was known for winning a lot of the times. And then I uh, went from there to high school, uh, to the NBA, yeah. and ended up going to a terrible team, as we know. Yeah. And yeah. never had an opportunity to win. So yeah. I can't go with Kevin Garnett. Only because of the fact that he has not really, not through any fault of his own, he's not really won anything okay. like a Tim Duncan. So my guess would be Tim Duncan. Kyle Malone, I think he, he still is one of the top 10 scorers in the NBA history, if I'm correct. If I'm correct. I think he's top 10, top 15. he still is, yes. Tremendous uh, player. And you know what? I place as importance. Kamalone never switched teams. He was with Utah from day one. Ah, he went to the there. Lakers. So I'm going to go with. He went to the Lakers, though. Don't forget that little stint with the Lakers with Kobe, Shaq, and him. And uh, uh, who was yeah, that the was, point guard? Yeah, and Peyton, right? Gary Payton. Yeah, right. Um, All right. <laughs> You got a good point there, though. You got it's tough. Good. It's a tough call. At one year, he played one year. Yes, a yes, lot. No, Gary Payton. We can go yeah. on and on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but um, the majority of their career with one. Yeah, team, was it with team? Yes, agreed. Um, but yeah, I would go with Kyle Malone, Malone as your bench and Tim Duncan. 
All right. Excellent. Excellent. Mike, uh, before we let you go, Ron, did you have any questions? Nope. You actually asked the, the question that I wanted to ask. Excellent. So, Mike, before we let you go, uh, if you want to let people out there know how, if they wanted to check out your show, uh, The Con Man, right? The Sports Corner with The Con Man. Um, how can they do that? Well, you know, gentlemen, all you have to do is real easy. You just have to download the Sports Empire Network, Sports Corner with The Con Man, Thursday evenings at 8 p.m. And we have what I believe is one of the best shows, not so much because of me, uh, but because of the guests I have. And because I'm like you guys, I ask the tough questions. <laughs> so I think it's very interesting. And uh, we have up and coming Earl the Pearl Monroe. Wow. Oh, nice. yes. Oh, yeah. Nice. Oh, yes. We have Earl the Pearl Excellent. Monroe. Uh, we're going to have Nate Archibald. And we're going to have um, a few other players as well, uh, former players. And again, I, I want to thank you guys for having me on the show. I also want to thank the, you know, my friends and the, the contacts that I have to enable me to do my show. I am nowhere good as you guys, no, but I'm learning and I'm trying yeah. and I realize that and I'm going to get better. Yeah, but, but see, they, the guests won't come on because of me, because I'm always blasting somebody. Yeah, so. he's the mean guy. <laughs> so I'm the mean guy. Blasting me yet. I, yeah, I might yeah. be next, but anyway, I want to thank you guys for having me on the show. And uh, I appreciate that. And um, anything or anytime you guys need a guest that maybe I could have come on your show or anything I could do for you guys, that's my mission is to help others. And uh, hopefully I can, through my shows, let people see a different side of the NBA and different players because Absolutely. you see a player or players on TV, but you don't know they're human beings just like us. They go through the same things just like us. And a lot of them are just like us. No, appreciate that. Mike, I appreciate you joining us tonight. You've been great. Uh, appreciate all the basketball uh, insight that you've had uh, throughout your years. Um, it's amazing. Uh, continue good luck with your show. And at some point you need Sports Unfolded, we'll jump on yours as well. Let us know anytime. You better believe that. Thank you, guys. Right. I'll have you on my show very soon. All right. Excellent. Excellent. Michael, you take care. Thank you again. Thank you so much, guys. Have a great night. You too. Thank you. What a great interview. I mean, talk about some basketball knowledge, man. New Bedford in the house, Kenny. That's right, man. I mean, it was just bringing you back all those old school basketball players. That story about Dr. J. What a great story, man. That's awesome. And that doesn't happen, you know, too often for people anymore. You know, it's like... There's, there's more of a disconnect because of basically a lot of fan behavior, to be honest yeah, with you. Yeah, social media, man. It, it, it's it's right. I mean, how how they attack people in, in a different way. And he talked yeah. about, you know, back in the past and in, in, in some of right. those, you know, with the, the desegregation and how horrible that was. But you get the same sense even with today's you know, attacks on people, it's as easy as, hey, we'll throw up a tweet, we'll throw right. up a, 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 you know what I mean, a post, and they don't think about how those players feel. So I thought I liked no. that. So that no, was great. Really, and that's something that we always talk about, especially yeah. in our final thoughts, you know, it's and, like hence why you we, don't get Christmas we go through this so. all the, yeah, that's why I get <laughs> <laughs> but, Because you're one of those guys. 
No, I'm not one no, of those you're not guys. Outside. You're I'm not, not one of those guys. But you know, when when an athlete does something wrong, I'm going to point it out. Absolutely. But I'm also going to point out when fans do something wrong, and you know, and and, and frankly, fans are kind of cruel. They can be. They can be. So back to our regularly scheduled program. I do want to thank Michael again. Great interview, uh, host of the Sports Corner. Check him out, man. He's he's got some really cool guests. Uh, so outstanding. But we're moving on back to the NFL, and we're going to talk about Derek Carr, who's no longer uh, plans to be a Raider. Uh, sent his, I guess, his final goodbyes to the fans of, of Vegas. Yeah. Do you think this is the right choice by the team? Um, by the team, no. Okay. By Derek Carr, yes. Yeah, I mean, you know, look, look, look no, the team has has totally screwed everything up. I, you know, my thoughts. They have when, the coach that you, you get, love. Look, when you yeah. get. <laughs> To the yes, playoffs, man. with a guy that br- comes in and Basachi cleans up did a, great a job. mess. He did a great he did job, Basachi. He did a great job. And then, and you talk and about the season they had that year. Getting rid of him. Think about the season they had that year yeah. with John Gruden getting fired. The wide receiver there—I don't even want to remember his name because it wasn't important. But he, you know, with the car accident, right? right. And he able, was able to bring that team back and win. Exactly. I think it was six games in a row. How do you get rid of a coach like that? Horrible. He horrible saved your ownership. season. And now it's a complete disaster, and frankly, they reap what they sow. So I'm expecting not to get a Christmas card from the Raiders this year. The whole organization. The whole organization, and including their head coach, was just horrible. He's horrible. I'm sorry. Horrible. Nine nine seasons with the Raiders. He got drafted in 2014. He holds the all-time records for passing yards, for touchdowns, the most sacks, uh, fourth yeah. quarter comebacks, most game-winning drives, and most starts in, in franchise history. Yeah. So he's been around. And think about this fact, Ron, before we move on to our next story. Five coaches in nine years. Yeah. How successful can you be when every couple years, if not every year, your system was changing and it was right. a different? Yep. So they'll trade him. Uh, officially can't, you know, go through until March 15th, but it'll be really interesting to see where yeah. he goes because there's a lot of teams out there. New York Jets have already said they're looking for a quarterback. They're one piece away. I don't know if I believe that piece from their ownership, but they may feel Derek Carr might be that guy. They, they might, and I think that would be a great improvement for them. And you look at that young talent with another year experience, that team's going to be pretty good. Yeah. I wouldn't even be listen. San Francisco. Oh, I oh, believe you me. put him on, on at this Fran- point, right? You put him on San Francisco. I think that they're again a championship team. I mean, when you look at the candidates that could be moving around, you know, there's some pieces, you know, that are in that quarter quarterback position that are going to be moving around, and he is one of those at the top of yeah. that list. And and you're looking at maybe possibly Jackson. From Baltimore, Lamar Jackson, I think, is a definite. Yeah, I, mean, I would put I would put money on that one. Yeah, that and, is a great call. Um, Baker Mayfield is one of those, and Tom Brady may be one of those. Yep. Sarah, thanks for joining. You know, so there's going to be some quarterbacks that are going to be moving, oh, and we man, all know this. It's going to be so much fun this offseason. We are going to have so much to talk about. Just when you think we're going to be bored, we're never going to be bored. No, we're never going to be bored. Never, never. So, before we start talking about this, because I know how excited you are to bring this team up again. I, I mean, Josh McDaniel's gone from New England. 
We saw the job he did with the Raiders. But we're going to talk about now the coaching staff that's on the New England Patriots. And we'll bring up the picture of uh, some of those coaches. And a lot of changes supposedly going to happen in Foxborough. That's been the word coming out. Uh, They are actively looking for an offensive coordinator at this point. They have already said they are going to try to sign Gerard Mayo long-term to keep him with the team because there's several teams that are looking to actually sign him. Cleveland as a defensive coordinator, Carolina wants to interview him as a head coach. What do you think needs to happen for this team to be successful next season? Bill Belichick coming back for his 24th season with the team. If I tell you, obviously offensively would be the easy answer, but couple of names that have been thrown out there. Bill O'Brien, Cliff Kingsbury, Frank Reich as possible candidates for offensive coordinator. If you had your choice of those three, which direction are you going as a New England Patriot? I'd probably go Bill O'Brien over the other two because I don't like the history of the other two. Um, look, I'm going off of the, the two head coaching positions of the other two. You know, I don't like it. And frankly, if Bill O'Brien comes in, he can't do a poor job like he did in Houston because he was running the show over there. He's not going to be running the show here. So he will do as he's told, and running the offense is what he can do. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see uh, if they want to bring that style back. This is where I think, though, like a Clingsbury or a – Yeah, but but a – Clingsbury or Frank Reich, a different approach to offense. They definitely should at least interview these guys and see what oh, they absolutely. do. Oh, absolutely. You know, uh, I mean, because I, I don't know if you bring back the same exact system again and now expect Mac Jones to revert back to what right. they were the first right. year. And that's where it becomes difficult. This was a move that should have been made last season. Right. Well, because the season's over technically. So I'm already considering it last season. But yeah. But it, I mean, you know, yeah, but it, it should have been. They should have gone an offensive coordinator. You know, yeah. this is look. The ego got in the way. Yeah. As, as, look, and, I placed this season squarely on the shoulders. The fault lies on Bill Belichick. And he said it, all right? It. He said, "Blame me for it." We're all blaming you at this point. Oh, we are. There's, I don't think there's an individual that's a Patriot fan that sit, goes back, sits back, and says, "You know what? It wasn't all Bell. Maybe yeah, Bill because did. it's not Matt Patricia's fault. It's no, not his fault. He should have never been put in that position. So, what do you do with Judge and Patricia? Joe Judge has to go to special teams. That has to happen. Yeah, well, he was one of the best special teams. You then know, you put him there. I, but, I don't. I don't know the answer Patricia, for them. But do you keep Patricia? Do you, do you? Is he on your staff next season? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, what are you going to do with him? And I does mean, Gerard? And can I ask you this question, Ron? Does Gerard Mayo actually stay with the Patriots if he doesn't get a title? Like, if you don't say, "Hey, you're the defensive coordinator. We'll sign you long term," but we're going to keep you in limbo. You'll still be the linebacker. But why is he going to be the defensive coordinator? Don't you already have one? But they never named one officially. I know, but it is the, we believe, Jr. Yeah. yeah, we believe. Yeah, Steve Belichick. You know, I don't know. So, I'm just saying. And this is why you can't you can't keep Patricia and Gerard Mayo to battle it out for for a position that doesn't exist. You and know what I'm most, saying? It, it doesn't – it just doesn't – any of it makes sense. And, you know – there is going to be some issues that are going to arise because of it. 
because of the lack of titles and yeah. what they were hired to do. And now he's going to be in a position where now he has to hire an offense coordinator and that's going to, that's going to cause a ripple effect. And some people are going to get their feelings hurt. Here's another key fifth. I think that fifth in most money to spend in free agency. So they're going to have to spend some money and get some players. They're going to have to get some playmakers. Because getting an offensive coordinator with the guys you have today, I don't think makes a difference. You need an offensive line and a receiver. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So people may be thinking, wow, you guys are running really late. No, it's episode 100. I know it says episode two, but this is a hundred episode. We said, why not? Let's go long. Let's go a couple hours tonight and give the We're gonna go a hundred minutes. A hundred minutes. (laughs) I love it. So, Ron. Great discussion on the Patriots. Let's talk about, though, the actual wild card weekend this Saturday, tomorrow night. I know you're you're super stoked. I'm super stoked. I just want to know the games. And we're going to talk about each one really quick. We're not making our predictions till the end of the show. But what you're looking for in each game. So, yeah, very good. Seahawks at 49ers. What are you looking for in that game? I'm looking to see if the Seahawks can even hang with them. I am so hurt by you right now. I'm going to tell you why. And this is what the fans are saying. They wanted you to say, my man, Geno Smith, is going to come out and surprise everybody. You've been hyping up Geno Smith for 18 weeks now. No. And here was your chance. Here was your chance to go full throttle with that. And you just just laid down, disappointed in you. Geno no, Smith. because what San about... Francisco's too good. All right, so let me ask you this question. Brock Purdy, first playoff game. Are you good. not looking – right, but are you not looking to see, hey, does this kid crap his pants? Like, does he I don't just, think he like, does. The moment – like, holy cow, I'm in the playoffs. We're three games away from the Super Bowl. I don't think he does. Frankly, I think he's one of the – he's having one of the best rookie seasons, you know, ever. <laughs> Yeah, five games, six game stretch, whatever it is, six games. I think it is. I mean, it's crazy. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, six straight. I think it's it is. Ron you blew know? it, Kenny. Ron I didn't blew it. Well, it. I didn't know this is. Uh, you had your shot, Geno Smith. But no, right, what I, about I don't think it's going to be close. Okay, no, no prediction. No prediction. Charges at Jags. It's an interesting matchup. This is an interesting matchup, and I'm going to tell you why, because I think nobody's giving the Jags a chance. If you look at the talent that the Chargers have, they have much more talent, far more talent. Didn't they get a, an injury this past week? Mike Williams, yes. Yeah, I think he's out. I think he broke uh, something on his back. So, But again, they still have a lot of talent on the Chargers. I think if I was going to say quarterback play, I'd, I'd go Herbert before I'd go Lawrence. I, I like this match. I think it's going to be a fun game. I will say that. I don't think this is going to – this is going to be one of those games that comes down to the wire. I don't think this is a blowout versus no, the other game like No, it's going to be – you know, this is going to be a defensive struggle. Yeah. I you think know, I think fun. both these teams – both these defenses are going to be ready. Yeah. And I think the offense is going to have some difficulties on both sides. On both sides. What about the Dolphins at the Bills? Oh, come on. <laughs> come on. You, you don't believe in Sky, Skylar Thompson? No, no. Oh, the come savior on. Come of the on. Miami Dolphins season. 
He scored nine points against the, the New York Jets to get this team into the playoffs. What a great story. So in <laughs> other words, he didn't score any points. We we can't even we can't we can't even <laughs> scored nothing. All right, we'll move on from that one. I think we both know where we're going on the predictions with that one. Giants at Vikings. That's a good one. Right? Because uh, as bad as I think the Giants are. They can beat the Vikings. uh, Yeah, they can beat the Vikings. They (laughs) can. They barely beat. The Vikings barely beat the Giants in the regular season. It was a a last-second field goal. Yeah. The Giants could win this game. And you think about how inconsistent Minnesota is. Was that at Minnesota? Yes. And it's so inconsistent. The Vikings all season, we nobody believed in it. Listen, we had them in our top five rankings for the majority of the season, and then they just kept kind of falling off. All right, all right, they're third. Okay, they're fourth. Okay, they're okay, they're off the list. Yeah, I'd be curious to see. And if the giant, listen, I'm going to tell you right now, extra motivation. Daniel Jones is about to sign a major deal for about thirty million a year with the Giants. He wins this game they can start to consider him uh, maybe a piece to help them in the playoffs. I think the Giants, uh, mentally, they're going to try to win this game for Daniel Jones. It's going to be interesting. Ravens at Bengals. Yeah, again. Quarterback situation. No Lamar Jackson, to your point. Don't think Huntley's playing. I don't even know who their third string is. No, I believe Huntley is playing. Well, they uh, said he he's available, there. but is okay. No, he breaking I, news I here at Sports Unfolded. I, I was watching um, him in practice today. He oh, was look at you! 100%. You were and you flew back for the show. No, I didn't watch him. Like I wasn't physically there. I have a feed. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I got my camera lessons from Bill Belichick. <laughs> oh boy, let's say it easy. Spygate three. Here we go. The Spygate three. <laughs> I, look, look, the Bengals have something to prove. Uh, so I think, again, one of the top teams in the AFC. I think the Ravens just too injury prone here this season again. And I think this is once this game ends, if the Ravens do lose, they got to consider what are they doing with Lamar Jackson? I think this is what I think. I think Lamar Jackson walks. I think Baltimore decides, okay, we're going to invest and we're going to move up to that number one spot with, from the Bears and we're going to go get a quarterback. Bryce Young? Could be. And I Could think be. that's what they're going to do. Either that, well they be. trade for Fields. Yeah. I, I'm well, just saying, right. I think that's what they do. And I think Last, oh, go ahead. This, is, this is the end for, Lamar I think they're going to start rebuilding. Wild card weekend, last game. Cowboys at Tampa Bay, the Buccaneers. This is the one I really want to watch. Monday night, I mean, the world's going to be watching this one because I think we're all waiting to see the Dallas Cowboys Joke. fail again. And yeah. if it happens, listen, Mike McCarthy has to go. This is where I think Sean Payton goes. Yeah. That makes sense to me. They lose this game <laughs> in the first round again. And listen, Tom Brady, 7-0 against the Dallas Cowboys in his career. Dallas, their last eight playoff games are 0-8. Yeah. There's a lot going on there where you start to say, look, the stars are all aligning for the Dallas Cowboys to lose this game. Yeah. And I what, mean, what comes for that? I mean, geez. When you look at the teams on paper, Dallas should be a better. blowout win, right? Yeah, for absolutely. Dallas? Absolutely. 
It's not the way it's going to happen. No, I mean, I don't think we so. know. Look, you know, I mean, eventually the magic does run out, but I don't think it's this week. <laughs> and, and what I would say is this. If you think about the clock management from Mike McCarthy in, in the past, oh, give Tom Brady, you know, a minute change left in that game and he can still pull something off. He's proven that. And I think uh, yeah. that's where it's going to all lie. Can Mike McCarthy make coaching decisions? I mean, last sense? year he did it against the Rams. It's just that Stafford did it a little better last. Yeah. <laughs> you know, a little better, a little better, my friend. Hey, great NFL discussions. But it's time for grounded to third. Oh, there's one. There it is. There it is. It is triple play time, my friend. Michael already was on this, and how difficult this is. But we're going to debate who we start benching cut from some of the best power forwards of all time in the NBA: Tim Duncan, Carl Malone, and Kevin Garnett. I am first this week, so I am going to give everybody the right format here and then ron will try to follow up with his i think the gibber. right one was already given so exactly i went tim duncan as my starter carl malone yeah, as my dude. bench kevin garnett unfortunately i cut and i know kenny if he's watching right now he's upset but i'm cutting kevin garnett wait 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 kenny a little tissue you want a tissue kenny he'll be, right. so, yeah. he'll be all right he'll be all right he'll be all right so you look at the five championships for Tim Duncan. I, I yeah, had to, yeah, right. Yeah, that was, uh, you know, he's a winner, two-time MVP, Carl Malone, a two-time MVP. So you know how valuable he is as a player. The one, even though he didn't have a championship, Kevin Garnett, only one MVP, one championship. And to Michael's point, he had to go different places to make that happen. Carl Malone, uh, consistent in Utah. You think about how great those jazz teams were, even though they, they got to the finals twice, they faced one of the best players in the history of basketball. Yeah. One guy got in the way. Yeah, so that's the way I went. I, I I feel you went the same way. I did, um, and for all of those reasons, I mean, when you look at Tim Duncan, I mean, fifteen All Stars, fifteen <laughs> Kenny, so All disrespectful, NBA, he said. So disrespectful, you know, fifteen time All Defense. I mean, that is, yeah. I mean, you're getting the nineteen points, the ten boards, and that defense, that defense, Rookie of the Year, the only one of the three that did win a rookie of the year uh, finals MVP three times, you know, to go along with all those, those championships on a full hand. Yes. You know, uh, I mean, he had to be the choice. He had to be the choice for the starter. And if you're going to get that kind of a defense from Tim Duncan, then you want a guy coming off the bench for scoring. And that has to be Carl the mailman Malone, the mailman delivering. I you love know, it. Good job. And he does. He does deliver. You're talking four-time All-NBA player as yeah. well. I mean, 14, 14 rather. Four-time All-Defensive player, so he still has that defense as well. And uh, when you have two two-time MVPs on your team, I mean, how could you not win? Yeah. Right? And no slight to Kevin Garnett. I couldn't believe that I was going to be cutting him, but uh, I'm sorry. You know, it's like you have two guys that are like not on Sunday. (laughs) I would say this, though, too. I think he stuck around a little too long, Kevin Garnett, because his numbers started to dip a little bit. If you look at the scoring of of these three, he had the lowest, lowest amount of rebounds. 
His shooting percentage was the worst of the three. So there were some factors in that. And, and as great as he was in Boston, yeah. again, that, those that Brooklyn Nets, when he was there, I that think was it, it was just, he, he hung around a little too long. Him and Pace. But he was a nine-time All-NBA player, too. Yeah, so he's, he's not he's, a he's, yeah, not he's a slouch. slouch. He's no slouch. <laughs> I mean, worst-case scenario, I'd say, listen, stay on stay on, on the couch. Keep your phone near you because I may call you. I may say, you know what? I need you. Yeah. Unfortunately, right now, I got to go with the other two. No, great, great. But points. you know what, though? I mean, if I'm building a team and I can only have two power forwards, why? I'm going to have to <laughs> Sorry. I'm having Ron, Ron's cutting a small forward or a I'm center. cutting somebody no. else. <laughs> somebody else I'm cutting. Right for these three. Because these I are going to be. Them. I'm going to make these as difficult as possible this year. So just be prepared for that. Season three is not going to be a cakewalk now. No, All right. Why should it that. be? Why yeah. should it be? So we're going to move on to the NBA and we're going to bring up Ron's second favorite player of all time in any oh sport. And that's LeBron James. So he's leading the NBA in all-star voting. So your thoughts on what he's accomplishing so far this season, you think about it at 38, he's averaging 29 points. 8.4 rebounds and 6.8 assists. It's all right. His highest, actually, his career average in points and rebounds, he's actually ahead of right now. He's averaging yeah. more than he did in his career. A little lower on the on the assist. Well, you know why this is, right? Because <laughs> they have no other players? Because he's the only one touching the ball. <laughs> yeah, we go. No, it's no slight on him. It's a slight on the team They have that he team. helped build, yeah. though. Right, Anthony Davis hurt again. Yeah, you know, this is, look, we say it all the time. Davis just needs to go somewhere. Go away because you can't stay healthy. It's not even worth Just go to the booth right now, you know, (laughs) because, I mean, what's the point of having this guy on your team? What's the point? What? I mean, what what is he there for? You know, to look good in a suit on the sideline? I feel. I, I don't know how to, t- I know this is episode 100 and, and we're really excited today. Are you defending LeBron James? Are you defending LeBron James right now? This is what it no. sounds like. You, this is what you did. No. I, I don't know. It took a hundred episodes, but we finally broke you a little bit. No, the man I, is, I, because he's I want a again. Christmas card this year. <laughs> So LeBron's received That's my 4. New Year's 8. resolution is to <laughs> be a it. little nicer to LeBron. I love it. Four point eight million. There we go. Now votes. it's back to normal tomorrow. Four point eight million votes. Number one, Durant at four point five. Giannis four point four million are behind him. The next update will be on the nineteenth. It'll be interesting. A lot of guys that you would thought like Tatum, three point three. Some of these guys are kind of low. Curry actually hey, hasn't hit four million. Let me ask you million. this. Would you want LeBron James on your team? Uh, it depends on what the piece on. If he if he's my, I would say that if he's my one guy, like he's my star and I'm building around him. No, if he's a guy I'm adding a piece to. If I was going to add him to Boston right now and say I'm keeping Jalen Brown, I'm keeping Jason Tatum, but we're adding LeBron James, absolutely, because I think that's what would benefit because he can do so much, but he doesn't need to be the guy. And right now, to your point, he has to be the guy. I don't need him to average 30 in Boston. You get me, you get me 15, you know me, eight and eight. I'd take that every day of the week in Boston. 
But see, I don't think he can do that. He probably could. He has to be the guy. Yeah, I I'd probably say you're right. I wouldn't I wouldn't say you're wrong, but I mean, we'll have to see how this all turns out because again, there'll be some the fan voting second and, and round. And you know now. he's going to play until his son's in the league, right? Yeah, absolutely. What I would say is this, Kenny: you better get to all your your, your boys in Brook uh, in Boston. Make sure they stop voting Tatum, man. What's going on over there in B Town? B Town. So. I can't believe we're going to talk some Major League Baseball. And we're going to talk about this gentleman again because it's official now. I think he's actually put the ink on the paper. Carlos Correa is finally signed with a team. What do you think about his whole free agency adventure? So we're going to play some audio real quick from Carlos Correa and kind of the real brief the situation that happened. Oh, um, their decisions and, and what some other doctors say. What I can control is preparing my body every single day to compete every single day, to show up every single day to help my team win. Those are the things that I can control. And I. So he's saying basically, look, whatever their doctor's opinions were, they were. He doesn't see where they found all this evidence that I think the longevity was the concern. He wasn't going to be able to go 13 or 12 years, which we kind of figured anyway. But 28 days this went on, Ron, he, before he signed. What do you think? What what happened here? I think Minnesota is probably lucky if they get him for like two or three more years. Oh, to be boy. honest with you. But what a story. Have you ever seen anything this crazy in free agency in any I, sport? It, it it's certainly um eye-opening for for teams I, to take a look at this because now this opens up a lot of a lot of doorways to teams, you know, down the line, because I mean, you can't now. We're not going to know the results of this until his career is over. Correct. No. But what it does do is when that when something happens, and these teams like the Mets and the Giants take a look at each other in those general managers meetings, and it's like we were right, or. We blew it. But again, how many of these kids now that are going to come up and they're successful early in their career are going to say, look, I need a 12, 13 year contract now. Yeah. Because I'm not waiting until I'm 28, 29. And then yep. you guys are going to pull us, you know, with us. So yeah. it could, it, it's going to be an interest. Listen, major league baseball and that players union is the strongest in any sport. Well, you're looking at it now. I mean, when you think about it, um, what's going on in baseball with these these smaller market teams like San Diego getting these guys long contracts and you know it it looks pretty large and hefty but you know 10 years from now those contracts aren't going to look as hefty yeah yeah, you I know, think compared to some of those to... players, because because now next year we're gonna be looking at uh, Shohei, you know, and what he's gonna uh, right, what command. he's gonna command, uh, ridiculous, and then like J Rod, be... yeah, right, those guys are gonna those guys are gonna set a, a new market, absolutely, and so you know, so that's what that's what they're worried about. So let's get them signed now, ahead of the curve. I, I just, and some of these guys are going to be, you know, still solid players, you know, 10 years from now. But in the case like Carlos Correa, he's going to be pushing 40s. Yeah, it's crazy. I'm not sure. So December, December 13th, he's, they basically announced the deal. 
13, 13 years, 350 million. 1221 announced the Mets deal. <laughs> 12 years for 315 million. And then uh, three days ago, six years, 200 million. So you think about the money he lost as well. And guaranteed money because baseball is all guaranteed. Million. That's all guaranteed. So it's kind of crazy. So we're going to bring up the next gentleman. And the Dodgers have released Trevor Bauer. Do you feel like he's going to sign with another team? Thinking I, yeah. about whatever, what, all the all the stories that came out, everything that happened. Yeah. Yeah, no, he'll sign with another team. Some team needs pitching. And they're going to go go after him and try to get a bargain. Um, I wouldn't surprise if the Red Sox are one of those teams. I wouldn't surprise if the Yankees are one of those teams or the Mets. Yeah. yeah. Listen, I as crazy as it sounds, if I as a Yankee fan, I would definitely add him to my my uh, starting rotation. Listen, he's he's a top quality pitcher. Yeah. And he served. He, listen, they gave him a three hundred twenty four game suspension, which got reduced to one ninety four. And I'm not saying the guy's by no means he needs to go through some therapy and all that, you know, stuff to make sure that he gets himself right because he definitely has some issues. But what I will say is this. We've seen other guys do as bad or if not worse on some occasions and they get that second chance. Yeah. And why wouldn't he get that second chance based on the fact that, look, he's still a top quality pitcher. He yeah. was eight and five in 2021. 2.59 ERA, 137 strikeouts. He had a complete game. So if you're going to tell me that you wouldn't want that in your rotation, there's something wrong. Right. Clearly something wrong there. Oh, absolutely. And look, I mean, if you can get this guy right, and if he's going to, like, I mean, you've got to think that he had to have learned something from all this ordeal. I would hope so. And if not, you know? look – what kind of contract you sign? You sign something with some stipulations. Look, if, if Absolutely. something comes up, you get cut automatically. The Dodgers are on the hook for $21 million. Yeah. They're going to pay him anyway. So you yeah. could probably get him for dirt cheap. You don't yeah, need to sign absolutely. for a big contract. I mean, you can sign this guy, you know, hey, you put out this these numbers. You put out, you know, this many games. You stay out of trouble. You're going to get $20 million, you know, yeah. this year. The The funny thing is, I, and I feel, again, this is episode 100. I think the whole world's changed because I can remember when we talked about this story when it first broke. This guy was off. I Forget a Christmas list. This guy was, you wanted to put him on the moon or somewhere. You said, get him off the planet. I'm now look saying. at you. Now look at you. You'd sign him to the Red Sox. Well, you would put him on the reason being, I mean, look at all the players leaving. Hey, the oh, Red now it's interesting how it all works out, my friend. I love this show. This has been our best show ever. 100. It took 100 episodes. I'm going to say this is my favorite show of all time. But it is face-off time. We talk about it all the time, Rick. A clean face-off win. We just want a clean face-off win. This is an interesting topic because this just came up recently. Should fans be ejected for having signs at games that may be questionable? And I know you're rolling your eyes, but I don't know if you've heard this story. So a spectator was escorted from Rupp Arena during the first half of the Kentucky loss to South Carolina on Tuesday night after holding up a sign that said, please go to Texas. This is what the sign said. Please go to Texas, referring to speculation that Wildcats coach Jim Calip John Calipari was being a candidate for the coach of the Longhorns. So they fired their coach. There's rumors that Calipari might go there. 
basically he's upset with this fan was upset saying, please go to Texas. No vulgarity, no swearing. Guess some fans decided to get upset about it. They asked him if he would put the sign down or leave and he decided to leave. So one of us has to be for them being ejected. And one of us has to be against them being ejected for this. I am first this week, so I will decide that I am against him being ejected. Of course you are. He paid money for that ticket. What's the big deal? Do I want to see kids with their shirts off, painted bodies? Like, I don't, but they, they don't get thrown out. What this guy say that was so bad? Go to Texas. If you want a rumor, you're in Kentucky. You, you're one of those storied franchises. Why wouldn't you have just you know, got rid of all these rumors right off the bat and said, look, I'm staying in Kentucky. This is my home. This is where I belong. But no, he'll, he'll kind of, Jim Calipari plays the game as good as anybody else. And if it's a better job, he's going to take it. This guy's just saying, go take off. See you later. I don't need you. That's what you get escorted out for. That's what you're getting banned from the stadium for. That's ridiculous. It should never happen. That guy should get his money back for the ticket and they should allow him to go to the game and put up a different sign and it should say even more. You know what? I would. I can't curse because we are family-friendly show. So go ahead. That's my argument. There, it's stupid. Okay, you know, having this as a face-off is stupid. The whole thing is stupid because you give it so that way it's one-sided. It's a one-sided argument. There's no argument, you know, for it. Like, how do you justify? So I win again. Oh yeah, because you do this all the time. You get these these so, bad. I, I gotta, I gotta hear him again. Bad arguments. Clean face off win. Talk about it all the time, Rick. A clean face off. Clean, bro. I didn't even. I, I clean. Clean because face off no win. No argument. It's not even fair. How could you not argue it though? You could say, look, it's, he shouldn't put a sign up. It's not fair. It's not right. He hurt. He hurt the coach's feelings. Oh, God. Come on. You're a warm, sensitive guy on episode 100, Ron. There was your chance to continue no. it. No. You decided not to. You're not going no. that route. No. All right, let's let's it's move a stupid on. Stupid thing. <laughs> and frankly, if I'm the fan, I'm suing the team. I would. I would. And the fact that fans around, like who can't you got sign who can't do I need to see I you spell Kentucky? Like I need to see the giant K all or, over the place and doing yeah. all kinds of stuff, and you're gonna throw them out for that. What if I'm offended by the uh, by a fence? What if I when I was younger I got hit by a fence? And I don't like fence. And you got wait, the defense. Wait, thing. wait. You got hit by a fence? I was running by the fence, hit me in the face. Maybe I don't How like fence. How did the fence hit you? You would have to hit the fence. It came swinging back. It came swinging back and hit me in the face. I don't like de- I don't like fences. And you putting up the defense sign, it offends me. You should be kicked out of the arena. There you go. Problem's up. It is NHL time. And we are going to discuss the gentleman we bring up on the screen because I am completely stunned at this one. Evander Kane may return this month from an injury. How impressed are you with this accomplishment? So he had his wrist slit by a skate. It looked like this would be three to four months before he recovered. He's probably a month and a half ahead of schedule. A, is it important for Edmonton to get him back on the ice? B, what about the mental state with him returning maybe earlier than he might be ready? Okay, so um, if it's healed, it's healed. I mean, uh, great. It's great for Edmonton. Yeah. So now they'll score another goal per game, and 
they'll still give up the same amount and still miss the playoffs because they can't keep anything out of their own end. When we thought he couldn't be negative again, folks, he brought it back. Good job. Yeah. No, this team absolutely stinks. You know? Um, yeah, you have probably the two most dynamic players in the league right wow. now, but it really doesn't matter because they can't they, – their defense is a SIF. Period. It's a SIF. Oh, my goodness, my friend. All right, let's talk about the And on the back side, like that picture, yeah. is their defenseman always on the ice, on the back side, because they don't know how to play. They're, they're terrible. terrible. So, all right. Okay. All right. Forget the Edmonton Oilers then. Let's talk about Evander Kane. Is this not one of those great stories of a comeback where you thought when this originally happened, we had talked about it and just the sheer fact of the, the, the amount of blood that was coming out and, and where the cut was that this was life threatening. And the fact that he can get back in about two months, cause this happened on November uh, 1st. You know what I mean? You're talking about two months later. That's, I, I mean, you got to give the guy credit for, listen, he loves hockey because I don't think a lot of guys would have got back this soon and said, look, I'm ready to step foot on. Right. And there's not a lot of things though, that they can do to protect that area. So it could happen again. Who knows? I mean, it's the, a rare situation, but it could happen again. And he's willing to put himself back out there. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I've seen players getting sliced around the neck area. So, yeah, you know, I, I've seen it and you know, it happens. Um, but I don't think this is a case where he's going to be afraid to play. Okay. You know what no, I mean? I, I, and that's why I'm asking you, you, you're the hockey guy, you know, hockey better than I yeah, do. Yeah. I, I look, I don't think, I don't think this stops him at all. You know, it, it, it happened and he's now recovered and he's fine. And now he's just got to get out there and just, now, where it could matter is when he takes a shot, you know, because that's going to be a little sensitive and it's going to be probably a little painful every time he takes a shot or every time he yeah, gets right, a pass, yeah. you know, that's it's going to that's going to have some pain. Yeah. So if if you're if you're the coaching staff for the Edmonton Oilers, do you rush him, like not rush him back, but put him on the ice a lot of time? Or time on the ice, you probably think they're going to kind of ease him back in. And, and no, they'll him. they'll put him in um, practice, and he'll be skating around, and then yeah, which he's practicing right now, just no yeah, contact. Yeah, and and then eventually they'll start getting some contact, and you know he'll be fine. He'll be fine. Okay, all right. Um, no, I appreciate I appreciate you. You know, you know what I mean? But I, I, I mean, I just thought, if I he has the defenseman, story. if he has the defenseman hitting him, it's not really going to hurt much. So. Yeah, you know, I thought it was an interesting defense, story. You know, it's just. I thought this was a fun one, it just you know, based on the fact that no, I you mean, know, it's a great be, story to see him come back from that. Yeah, it'll probably this take soon. him take him a little time to get the shot back, and you know, to be comfortable with shooting. Um, but I mean, he's a grinder. He's a tough kid, and he's gonna he's gonna jump right back into it. Yeah, we wish him well on his recovery. We'll see how it goes. Ron, it's pick and roll time. And again, this these are getting harder and harder, man. I, I just sometimes when you sit back and you look at the numbers and, and you start to say, wow, some of these guys in their numbers were great. But episode two, so you're like, Eric, it's got to have a two in it. No, but it's episode 100. So what we decided to do, and there was more pitches than this, but we kind of took the more recent pitches. All these pitches won at least 100 plus games 
in both leagues. So the American League and the National League. And we're going to rank them from five to one. And those, those players are Pedro Martinez, Randy Johnson, Kevin Brown, Nolan Ryan, and Dennis Martinez. I am first this week, so I will start us off, my friend. At number five, I went Dennis Martinez, 245 and 193, 3.70 ERA, which was the highest out of all five of these gentlemen. 399 uh, innings pitched, um, 2,149 Ks, four All-Stars, one ERA, one championship. I just didn't feel like his numbers warranted to be ahead of some of these other guys. At number four, I went Kevin Brown. He had the least amount of wins out of these guys, but a better ERA than Dennis Martinez. 211 and 144 in his career, 3.28 ERA, 3,256.1 innings pitched, 2,397 Ks, six All-Stars, two ERA championships, and a championship uh, as in the World Series. At three, this is where it got really interesting, and I expect to get a laugh out of you because I know how you get. But at number three, believe it or not, I went Nolan Ryan. Nolan Ryan, 324 and 292, a 3.19 ERA, 5,386 innings pitched, 5,714 Ks, eight All-Stars, two ERA champs, and one championship. But I started to look at what these other guys did, and this is why I put these two ahead of him, and I'll explain it. At number two, Randy Johnson, 303 and 166, a 3.29 ERA, 4,135.1 innings pitched, 4,875 Ks. You say, Eric, those numbers are better than Pedro's, but I, I will tell you why after. Five Cy Youngs for, for Randy Johnson. Why put him ahead of Nolan Ryan? Those five Cy Youngs stood out to me as the best pitcher in baseball for five five times in a one triple crown. Nolan Ryan didn't win a triple crown. Ten All-Stars, four ERAs, one championship. Eric, how do you put Pedro Martinez ahead of him? This is why. 219 wins, 100 losses. You say, okay, not that impressive when you talk about wins. 2.93 ERA in his career, the lowest out of the five. Obviously, less innings pitch. He didn't play as, as long, but 3,154 Ks, three Cy Youngs, one Triple Crown, eight All-Stars. He won the ERA title five times, one more than Randy Johnson. That's why I put him ahead of him because they both had one championship. I can't believe I picked a Boston Red Sox. I mean, granted, he was also what the Expos, correct? Was his mm -hmm. yep. National League team. But I thought Pedro out of these five was the best pitcher, and that's how I ranked him. Okay. I'm going to explain something to you um, oh, when boy. we get Here we there. Go. Okay. Let's see where we're at. All right. Number five, I also had Dennis Martinez. Um, pretty good pitcher. 3.70, though. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Little, little too close to four for me. Yeah. Um, number four, I had Kevin Brown. I thought these two choices were so easily, and that is exactly where they should have been. Yeah. Kevin Brown, 211 wins, under 44 losses, 3.28. You know, pretty good. Pretty good, especially for that era. You know, ball was going all yeah. over the place then. 
Um, you know, 72 complete games, 17 shutouts, still didn't touch, you know, Dennis Martinez. Yeah. You know, with his complete games and shutouts, but that was a little different back then. Um, but those two guys right where they're supposed to be, right? Then, you know, it's like I I, I looked at Pedro, Randy Johnson, and Nolan Ryan, and I'm like, okay, depending on the number you look at, they could be on top. I mean, you look at Nolan Ryan, 222 complete games. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. Right? It is insane. 5,700 strikeouts. Insane, right? What's insane is that 6.6 hits per nine inning, which is a record. Nice. That is the record. You're breaking out the stats. That's you, you know what? You're great. But nice job. Now, now when but, you look at those numbers, it says, oh, that screams to be number one, number right? One. Yep. No, not for me. I put okay. him at number three. Nolan Ryan. Nolan Ryan at number We two. had him the Just same. Like All right. Yes. Look at this. All right, my friend. Yes. yes. The right. difference is I have Pedro at number two. Okay. I, I And I could see that. But go ahead. Explain it. And Randy Johnson, of course, is number one. Now, yeah. Randy Johnson has two more Cy Youngs. Yes. Okay. They both have a triple crown. Randy Johnson has two more All-Star appearances for 10. Um, he has one less ERA title. Yep. So five four in favor of Pedro. Like these these numbers are like so close it, when it you look tough. at it. And I'm like, okay, well, Randy Johnson has a hundred complete Chocolate, games. Thank you for joining. You know, a hundred complete games, forty six for Pedro, thirty seven shutouts, seventeen for Pedro. But it, you know, I'm looking at that and I'm like, wait, yeah. You know, but Pedro is special, right? So then I said, you know what? Let me do this. Let me break down these three great pitchers, and they're all great. Agreed. You know, probably no the best three pitchers, you know, maybe you can throw Greg Maddox in there with those three since, what, the 60s? I'm surprised he wasn't on that list. You think about it with the Cubs and then, yeah, right? Yeah, but Did he ever go? He stayed he with over. the Cubs. Oh, for, oh, I mean, oh National uh, League. And then Atlanta. Yeah. Yes, the yeah. National League. That's right. Um, so I compared the three the three pitchers' win percentage. I I brought out my you goalie stats. You, you dug deep, deep, deep. I love it. So this is what made me decide where Ryan was. Pedro, 46% of the games that he played in, he won. Goalie stats. I love it. Randy Johnson, 49%. Better. Still close, right? Yes. Yep. Nolan Ryan, 37%. Bang. Number three, right there. There we go. Love it. Love it. Number three. So then I said, all right. 100. Let me take it another step. Let me see what their losing percentage is. My man, backwards and forwards on this. I love it. 21% for Pedro. Okay. 27% for Randy Johnson. Okay. Uh Uh-oh. That was a little more. That was 6% off. You could have went either way with these two guys. Still could go either way, right? Yep. 
But to me, that made Pedro number one. Twenty-one percent is six percent less. So we had the same list. We had the you same went number list. one. Yes, baby. Yes. We had the same list. Yes. I thought you were gonna go. You got me for a minute. I was like, he went and Randy. I could see it though. I could see it, but that it ERA, was hard. Two, it was two point nine three. Two point nine three ERA. Yeah, that ERA is just ridiculous. And I think this is the issue. The the numbers are a little deflated for Pedro because he didn't play as long. Right. Because you look at the innings pitched. I mean, Randy Johnson thirteen hundred more innings. That's a lot. <laughs> but I just look back. No, but and, I love the way you examined it. That's awesome. And, and I remember Pedro Martinez was nursing an injury. He couldn't throw his fastball. He threw for an entire game only his changeup and still won the game easily. Dude, he was it, a great pitcher. It was just filthy. He was filthy. I, you, we talked about, you, you know, you, you with Jeter and the respect. Yeah. I, I had that same respect for Pedro because I just thought he was that kind of pitcher. Like, he was a dirty player, let's be honest. I mean, he threw, he, he'd throw at guys, he'd make sure, right? But I can't, his, you know, I can't his, disagree with his methods, though. But he was a great because pitcher. I was the same kind of a pitcher when I yeah. played. Because like he, if if somebody was trying too. to show we me know, up, I'm throwing at him. We know you're dirty. <laughs> we know how it is. We know, my friend. So I have to apologize before we go into our next segment. Uh, I was supposed to wear some attire mm-hmm. uh, during this next segment. I promise you that next week it will happen because predictions are up. And we are on to our next season. And you currently are behind Manny. Believe it or not, Manny, 86%. He missed the game, what? though. He didn't pick one of the games. Oh, see, that's the problem there. Yeah. So what I will say is this, though, my friend. Look at we're gonna, those numbers, though. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to have a tight, tight race. It looks like we're going to have a good, good year. Um, but we will continue. And, again, the challenge will be next, you know, next year yeah. that one of us Chakra, has to get, get in on this. Place. So I am going to um, start us off tonight. Yeah, let me and bring up that predictions graphics. There we go. And there we go. Jump in on this. Yeah, everybody that's watching, please jump, jump in. Post get your, your name your on the list. We've got some. We got some blank spots in there right now. We'd love to get some people on. So um, January eighteenth, we've got the Cleveland Cavaliers at the Memphis Grizzlies. Cavs are not good on the road. They have not played well on the road. Thank you, Kenny, for doing our NBA ranking show, and that's how I got those numbers. Um, I'm going Memphis here. Can't find my pen. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, I absolutely like what Memphis at home. Do what and how now? <laughs> so basically, uh, Chakra, what we do is we're going to call out the games, uh, and you just got to pick who you think is going to win those games, and then we just post them up. Kenny went Grizzlies. Ron, who did you go with? I went with Memphis. They're going to be Memphis at home. As well. uh, again, Cleveland, you know, is a different team on the road than they are at home. So you, you have to go Grizzlies. You have yeah. to. Chakra, if you have a, a pick, let us know. Cleveland Cavaliers yeah. at the Memphis Grizzlies. Ron, on January 19th, you got the Golden State Warriors at the Boston Celtics, a rematch of the finals. Oh, I think the Celtics are coming in to play this. They're going to be at home. They want this. This is like this is the game that they circled on the schedule, right? I mean, yeah. this is they need to show that they are ready, and the Warriors are going to have Steph. And um, yeah, Chakra went with the Grizzlies. Yeah. 
So I'm going to go with the Boston Celtics um, over the um, yeah that that Warrior team. So, believe it or not, I'm going Warriors, and I'm going to tell you why. Because the last time Boston went to Golden State, we said the same exact thing. It's got to be circled. This is the yep. game. Boston was playing great basketball then. Guess what happened? They lost. Steph Curry back with Golden State Warriors now after that injury. I just feel like the Golden State Warriors right now have something mentally over the Boston Celtics. I'm going I'm going Golden State. Mm. Chakra, yeah. if you have a guess, go ahead and pick it. NHL action, my friend, on January 14th, to, the Toronto Maple Leafs at the Boston Bruins. Well, they just they just stunk. Stunk uh, up Thursday. the joint the, the Bruins. Uh, and I feel so, like oh, wait a minute. It's me. Is it not me? It is oh, me. Yeah. It's my turn. So I, as you said, the Boston Bruins lost their first game in regulation at home against the Seattle Kraken. I love gold. So Golden State, I was going going Golden State on that. That's what that means, right? Well, that means, that means he's gold. going to go with the Bruins because they're black and gold. No, but he's talking about the the Warriors. Gold. I know, gold. but I'm just saying oh, that would, okay. if that if that if that's the case, Chakra's got to go with through. the Bruins. Kenny's going Maple Leafs. You didn't even say I, who you went with. I am going Maple Leafs. I think Boston loses a couple straight here. Um. No, um, Bruins are going to be ready for this game. They are not. They know they stunk Thursday night. They and oh, they've been overachieving, Ron. We got to realize they're going to come back down to earth. They're not overachieving when they're playing Toronto. Okay, all right. I think Toronto's my pick in the NHL uh, yeah, previous show. Yeah. So I got to I got to start to yeah. Start I'm going to win Boston. Boston right. winning this game. January 16th, you got the Dallas Stars at the Vegas Golden Knights. Europe. Um, well, to all my Golden Knights fans out there, um, uh, that where are the why aren't they in the top 10? And LA is blah, 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 blah. You're playing horrible hockey. Like you're winning, a, you're losing, you know, half your games every week for the, like the last month. I don't even know how long it's been. So. I'm going to go with Dallas Stars. I think the Stars are a better team. They have a better goaltender, and I think they take it on the Kenny's, road. Kenny's going Stars. You went Stars. Chakra said, "Anytime we get the Kraken in, she's going with the uh, they're going with the Kraken." Um, I'm going Knights. I go on Golden Knights at home. Oh, you're really trying to catch up, huh? I, I got to make a I got to make a strong push early in the season, and then be smart later. Um. Yeah. All NFL action going forward for the rest of these picks. So, obviously, this uh, Saturday, we've got the Seattle Seahawks at the San Francisco 49ers. I think this is an easy one. I don't feel like Seattle, your boy Gino, is going to be able to do his magic. I'm going San Francisco in that talented team. Yeah, I'm also going San Francisco. I don't think this is going to be close. I think there's just way too much talent on that San Francisco defense for any consistency by Geno Smith. Yeah, I, I, I can't see it. Uh, Kenny's going Niners. I, I, Chakra's got to be Seahawks. Yes, I, I thought. I guess yes. Yeah. yeah, Chakra's from Seattle. So. Seattle, so that makes sense. That makes sense. We're going uh, – 
also this uh, Saturday, Los Angeles charges at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, I am going to go Jacksonville. Mm. I think I okay. think Cinderella is still at the ball. All right, and I don't like, you know, what I'm really seeing from the Chargers enough to to you know go on the road. Okay, and, no, like, and I beat Jacksonville. It. I think, I think. Talent-wise, I think it's a push. Maybe a little more for the Chargers, but they're okay. going to be on the road, and they just lost a receiver, and that's going to be a big problem. So um, I went Chargers, and I went Chargers for a couple of reasons. Nick, uh, Joey Bosa's back. Yep. Khalil Max having a great season. I think defensively they have the, the firepower to stop the Jags' offense. Uh, and I think that uh, I'm going Herbert here, and I'm thinking he's going to finally win a playoff game. He needs to. It's it's his time to do. He's going this. to. I think. Right. I think the Jags defense is going to shut that team down. All right. Chargers are due. Chakra. All right. All right. What about the Miami Dolphins uh, at the <laughs> Buffalo Bills? That is on a Sunday. And I gotta I gotta put a shout out, my man James. I work with. He said make sure I mention the Dolphins. He's a Dolphin fan. He's he's oh, rooting poor, Dolphins poor all the guy. way. Poor and guy. I told him they've got to put up more than nine points. That's my because that's not gonna work against Buffalo. But uh whose guess is this now? Uh mine, right? Uh I'm going Buffalo. I'm not even gonna explain why. I don't think I have to. I don't think you have to either, because I think Miami's gonna have to score more than nine per quarter. <laughs> Kenny's going Kenny's Finn. going to Finns. Oh, my God. What is going on here? With a third-string quarterback. Oh, man. Skyla Thompson, I, I feel like that's that's going to be a household name after this game. Not at all. We also have Sunday, the New York Giants at the Minnesota Vikings. This is Ace on the case again for the Dolphins there. Ace Ventura, uh, yeah, he decided. Once he, once he found uh, the Dolphin, he was all set. Snowflake was the dolphin. I remember that. Snowflake. Yes, he found him. He was uh, to was me. It. This is the hardest game. This is the hardest game to predict. I don't know. Is Chakra going with the Dolphins? I, I feel like we might have another Dolphins pick here. Is that what that question was about? If Ace is on that team, uh, on the case, uh, Chakra's going the Dolphins. I don't. I don't think Ace is on the team. So, Minnesota. Kenny's going Minnesota. We got another one here. Ron, who do you got in this game? I don't know. I don't the Giants know. Giants at the uh, Vikings. This is a tough one. It's a very tough one. This is the probably because the hardest game to pick. Deep down inside, I think the Giants can win this game. Bills. Okay. But I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go Minnesota. I'm gonna go Minnesota. Because the Patriots are in the playoffs, so that means the Giants don't make it to the Super Bowl. So Okay. I like your theory there. I'm I'm going Giants, yeah. going Giants here, and all those reasons I said Danny Jones, Danny Dimes, he needs this game to get paid. This is a big game for him. This is thirty million dollars on the line, a year. Yeah. He's going to win this game because he's going to get that contract. No, I don't know. That's what they. That's a toss up. That's the rumor. Yeah. Oh, soda, chakra. Minnesota. I like that soda. Uh, January uh, 15th as well. Baltimore Ravens at the Cincinnati. 
this week. I think, it, yes, it is. All right. Well, it's Cincinnati. Bengals don't have Lamar Jackson in this game. So Cincinnati takes this. I don't think it's even a question. Um, they just, the Ravens just aren't going to have enough offense to, to keep up. I got to I have to agree with you. I, I can't see Cincinnati losing this game to Baltimore. That this is the third time they've played them. Yeah. And no Lamar Jackson. That's going to be such a factor in this game. Kenny's going Cincinnati. See if Chakra's got a, got a pick here. Then the big game, my friend. Yeah, the big game. The big game. So, Monday night. Bengals put in. <laughs> Bengals. Chakra's going Bengals. So, <laughs> January 16th, Monday night. We've got the Dallas Cowboys at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We talked about the records. We talked about Tom Brady, 7-0 and against the Dallas Cowboys. Does he make it 8-0? He does. Oh, not the Bengals. So they're going Ravens. Going Ravens. Oh, he went. oh they got put in a zoo. Oh, okay. Like so it. they got caged and so the like Ravens. It. Oh, okay. I like I it. So I'm going Tampa Bay. I'm going Tom Brady wins eight straight against Dallas Cowboys. He goes perfect. Kenny's going Dallas. Look, Dallas, to me, is – well, first of all, they're all over the place. They don't know what kind of a team they even want to oh, be. I was going to say – they're in Texas, but okay. Um, Didn't they lose Pollard as well? I didn't hear that, but you could be correct. I don't think it would matter, but go ahead. If yeah, they... I don't think it matters either, but, I mean, that's just another weapon that they don't have. Um, Look, I, I just don't have any faith in – their coaching none whatsoever and that that kind of goes along with Dak Prescott I'm sorry he he follows suit with his coach he just doesn't know what to do at crucial moments and I'm sorry I just don't see him as a big game player and I don't see the Cowboys you know, winning this game, even though on paper everything points to the Dallas Cowboys. Agreed. Except for one thing, Tom Brady. Tom Brady points, gets the job done. He sees something, he exploits it, and he's going to get the job done. He's going to want Micah to come at him and then expose where he's not. Yep. Brady, baby. Look at it. Chakra is going <laughs> All right, Chakra. Tampa Thank you. Chakra, now what you got to do each week, you got to make sure you join us Friday night, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. But we put up the list about 5 p.m. here, so I think if you're in Seattle, that'd be 2 p.m. But you can see where we, where you rank and see if you how many wins you got. And we got five and five this week, my friend. We have five different, five the same. So it's an interesting week. We don't, I don't think we've ever had that many. Yeah, no, I don't think so. Noise, I like I don't it. Think so either. Chakra, that's great. So, Kenny, thank you for your picks as well. Yeah, I uh, hope Manny, Manny doesn't disappear. Yeah, Manny usually gives them to me. Uh, later on, he watches the show. He's, oh, he's okay, come, he good. doesn't have because, time to watch you right now. Yeah, because he's at work, right? Yeah, yeah. So he's been he's been making sure he gets his picks to me. That's so, 
And we already know he's getting given us Dallas is his pick without a doubt. But um, Ron, before we go into our final thoughts and uh, the and, Bruins and, Celtics. And, and, and how we end our, our show, uh, can you let the fans know? Cause our goal for 2023 is to get a sponsor for our show. How can people sponsor the show? Uh, that is simple, Eric. The first thing that you have to do is say, Hey, I want to sponsor this great show that has great talent and great topics and just email us. That's a simple thing. Email us at ribroadcasting.media at gmail.com. It costs less than going to your 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 favorite donut shop to get your coffee and donut. It costs less than that. Might be less, than, less than a gallon of milk in, in some eggs right now. Well, it's definitely less than a it's definitely less than right? a dozen of eggs at this point. So $7. I'll tell you right now. I mean, yeah, it's just getting out of control. Uh, make sure you follow us on all our social media platforms. We've been running that ticker. Um, at follow Chakra. Chakra. Chakra on, on underscore Twitter. power. On Twitch. On Twitch. On Chakra. Twitch, Twitch uh, is a great format for us as well. Uh, so follow Chakra. Thank you for joining us uh, tonight, Chakra, on that. Kenny, thank you for joining us live. Ron, it's final thoughts time. Hey, don't forget Michael. Semio. Michael Michael joined us. want to thank Michael for that great interview tonight. Yep. It was so much fun. And Sarah. Sarah Sarah joined as well. So great job, Ron, uh, making sure we get all these people mentioned because that's what we do here at Sports Unfolded. We love the fans to join us. It makes it so much yes, more Sarah entertaining. Sarah and Deputy. Yeah. You have to look at it's the spelling un- because it's the spelling is tough. Twitch um, as well. For, yep. uh, Twitch as well. Yeah. So final thoughts. We don't necessarily have to be anything sports related. It can be about anything going on in the world today. I know how much you love it. So I'm going to continue this streak and go for two. I've oh, got two. Stop I've it. got two. I've got two. First one. Uh, rest her soul. Lisa Marie Presley has passed oh, away at the God, age of 54 yeah. uh, from an apparent heart attack. Joining her dad in, in heaven, the great Elvis Presley. Uh, just a sad story because you think about Priscilla Presley and in the fact that she, I guess she sent out the tweet, but you know that she's basically outlived both of them. And uh, she's the only one going to really carry on that legacy when it comes to the Presleys. I believe Lisa has some kids, but you really they're really not in the spotlight like they were, like that whole family, the three of them. So yeah. it's going to be, um, you know, a, a tough loss for for that whole community that really followed the Presleys. And then my final thought as well, I just wanted to congratulate the Georgia Bulldogs uh, for winning the national championship back to back. And I wanted to say great job with uh, TCU not showing up to the game. So as usual, they've got it wrong. TCU should not have been in the final four of the best teams in the national football league. I know they beat Michigan, but even that game, there were some questionable calls and Georgia went on and proved that the sec is still the most dominant, uh, you know, in college football. So Georgia Bulldogs, congratulations. Uh, what a, what a, what a, you know, what they're building there in Georgia. You think about what they've built. So great job by Georgia and Kirby smart. Ron, your final thoughts. So yeah, yeah, you kind of took my my I knew thunder I, I, with uh, Lisa Marie Lisa Presley. Marie Presley, because um, that kind of hits home, you know. It, it, it kind of hits. Um, there were others that died too, by the way. Um, Adam Rich from Eight Is Enough. Oh wow! Yeah. So um, if you 
if you were old enough to watch Eight is Enough, then you, you saw the little kid, Nicholas. Um, so, so instead of doing the Lisa Marie thing, and rest in peace, you know, so I kind of did, so I, I guess I have two now. Aha, uh-huh. yes. I decided to go a totally different direction this week. Totally different, right? A couple of weeks ago, we had a pick and roll about the Boston Bruins. And those assist leaders, you know, all those guys with the assists. And, yep. and we had that this discussion that, um, you know, Esposito was a better player than Bobby Orr. Um, then, you know, you were going to look into those stats for that year, that week, that year. Yep. And you never did. So I'm going to give you some of those stats right now. I was pretty confident in what I picked, but go ahead. Yeah, you picked wrong, by the way. Okay. All right. So that year, 1971-72 season, there were three play- three defensemen that were in the top 50 in points in the league. Okay. Number 37 was J.C. Tremblay of the Montreal Canadiens, and he had six goals, 51 assists, 57 points. Six goals. Number 17 was Brad Park. 24 goals, 49 assists, 73 points. He he eventually came over to the Boston Bruins, by the way. Nice, nice. There were only two other guys that had, you know, 20-plus goals. One guy wasn't on this list. Um, The other guy, Bobby Orr, had 37 goals as a defenseman. 80 assists for 117 points. Great. I didn't choose his position. I'm just saying. Not my fault. He I'm just saying he, he did. Was, he had a good year. I, he, was, he, he was the best Boston Bruin player ever. Okay. All right. That's your and opinion. 37 goals as your a defenseman. That's your opinion. Great final thought. He was friend. number two in points that year. <laughs> Great job bringing it all back. So this has been season three, episode two, Centurion's. Of Sports Unfolded, but not only was it episode two of season three, our 100th episode. Ron, this has been an amazing ride. What a great show tonight. I want to thank Michael again for joining us, the con man. You know, what a what a phenomenal job he's doing over there when it comes to basketball and the sports corner. Check him out as well. Uh, so we appreciate him, you know, kind of coming over and just talking to basketball with us. Want to thank everybody that joined us live tonight. You guys have been phenomenal. Thank you for participating. It's been so much fun. Ron, I couldn't do this show without you. It's been a wonderful 100 years because it feels like years sometimes. 100 episodes. I was like, wait, what? Right? <laughs> it feels years. like years sometimes. Sometimes when we're doing all these stats and these numbers, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so much of a process. But it's been so much fun. Our 100th episode. And I can't wait to do 100 more. So thank you, my friend. 2023 starting off in the right spot. So cheers, my friend. And we will be. Here's my do not, Tito's. Do not. And we will be back next Friday night, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Check us out. All we have asked for each and every week is peace on earth.